Welcome to the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast, where we break down the practical strategies of this emerging science, starting with healthy light habits and going wherever the quantum superhighway takes us. When you start to look at health through the quantum biologic lens, you end up making a lot of really incredible connections, as so many of the fabulous guests um, on this podcast have outlined for us. And today's guest is no exception. Dr. Jalal Khan is a dentist in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. He's been studying quantum biology for many years, and he has made connections uh, between our teeth, our eyes, the cones in our eyes, the bones in our head, and how all of these communicate with the whole rest of our body. Uh, it's a super intriguing, mind-blowing way to look at dentistry uh, that has the potential to change how we think about this uh, piece of the medical establishment. It's really game-changing, and I can't even give a summary of it because um, there are sort of too many moving parts. So I'm just going to get right into the interview with Dr. Khan, uh, where he outlines how he came into this work and what he sees as the way forward in terms of true quantum health, starting in our mouths. Enjoy. All right, Dr. Jalal Khan, welcome to the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Meredith. I'm really excited to be here. All right. So let's start um, by getting into your story. Your background is in dentistry. You did all of the traditional education and training. How did you end up uh, down the quantum biology rabbit hole? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty strange for a dentist to be down this rabbit hole, hey. Uh, but uh, I guess the journey for me started may maybe 2017, 2018, when there was like a shift in my in my mindset, um, just as a as a health clinician. And so I started to, I'd been a dentist for almost five years, and I was thinking, um, well, there's got to be more to to dentistry than just drilling and filling, which is primarily what we're taught. Um, and so I started to look into other areas of dentistry and, um, that took me down the pathway of, um, something called dental sleep medicine, which we might talk about later on, um, and mm -hmm. understanding of how the way that the jaws and the face develop can have a big impact on airway, which means breathing. And obviously when you're breathing properly, particularly while you're sleeping, that helps to improve health because as we all know, we're all trying to rec um, make recommendations for people so that they can sleep better so that they can heal better from all the rigors of the day and um so there was like a, definitely a big shift for me as a as a traditional dentist with that traditional training to start to think outside the box and um i had a few family members that um had a few chronic health issues which um they were not being served with um, traditional medical care um and as a dentist, we have to do the first two years of lectures is with the medical students. Mm -hmm. And so we're very familiar with the jargon and we're very familiar with um, all of the science and the physiology and the biochemistry of it all. So I thought, well, I know all the terminology. Maybe I should go and do some research um, myself for my family members. And um, and so I did so. And, um, you know, traditionally it was, as many of us have done, working our way through the maze of like nutrition and diet and exercise and trying to work out is it, is it a this diet, is it a that diet, what's what, what's it, um, what's it going to be for um, the person that we're trying to help. And then um, uh, I was lucky that one of my patients actually just mentioned the the name Dr. Jack Cruz and just said, 
you should you should just have a look. And so um, I listened to a podcast of um, Dr. Cruz's a while back and um, he was talking about how time in our body is based on stochastic calculus. Um, and I was just like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was like, how, how am I supposed to understand this? <laughs> Um, and so, uh, and so, but I, I guess it's just my nature that um, I like to make sense of really complex things and then distill it down into something that's simple for me um, to understand. So I just went down that um, quantum biology rabbit hole. And um, I think it's important, at least for me, to acknowledge that Dr. Cruz has been instrumental um, in pulling a lot of things together, like you know, the biophysics, the biochemistry, the biology, physiology, um, as well as evolution, et cetera, to kind of create this framework um, of understanding about how how nature works. And so that was critical for me. Um, but, you know, I've read a lot of the books that Dr. Cruz has recommended. Um, so, right. you know, May Wonho's books on biophysics, obviously, um, the Pollack's books on, um, on water and um, a lot of other books uh, about energy, about sound, about understanding more of the deeper science to the frequency side of things. And um, and here we are several years later um, with uh, a firm understanding of, oh, I believe to be a firm understanding of quantum biology and quantum health, quantum medicine. But then I'm kind of thinking, how can I apply this to, uh, how can I apply this to dentistry? Is there a way that we can marry the two together and kind of create something that's a bit, a bit innovative, like a bit of a step forward in dentistry? Um, so that's been the the project that's been bubbling in my mind for the last 12, 18 months. And it's really started to come to fruition in the last say six months or so. So I'm really excited to, um, to share some of the things that I'm doing. That is really cool. And I, yeah, I really want to get into, cause you are opening a, a quantum dentistry clinic, which could possibly be unique in the world. I don't know. <laughs> I know a couple other dentists who are into this, but I don't know if they've shifted their practice to orient around it or not. So that is really interesting. And before, so before we dive into what that looks like, could you just say, explain sort of what your take is if you were talking to somebody or a new patient, maybe, and they were like, why are you a quantum dentist? What does that mean sort of practically for me? And um, yeah, those the the framework that Dr. Cruz has created by by seeing connections amongst the quant the academic quantum biology research and then the circadian biology research and all of the other um, yes. things things that he weaves together. You're, I totally agree. It's like it's a beautiful framework. So what does that mean, you know, for someone who's new to it? What would you tell that's them? A, that's a that's a really great question actually because um I've been thinking that, you know, I should do a video one day where it's like, what is it like for a new patient to um, come and see me? So if someone's a new patient to, that comes to see me, it's an hour consultation. And um, I, I've, I, I don't spend more than a few minutes looking inside the mouth. And so literally it's an entire consultation. I'm sitting across from them. We're not in a dental chair. Um, so it's like a proper, like typical consult room. Um, and so it's not a dental setting because I want to get people away from like the dental setting and the anxieties that are associated with that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So they're nice and comfortable, which means that they're more likely to open up their minds and open up their hearts to what they're feeling inside, what they're going through inside. And so I basically start with this a very simple question, how can I help you? And um, and they start to they start to talk through and I start to ask more questions. Um 
And some of them are open questions, some of them are closed questions, just like kind of starting to get a bit of a picture. And it usually takes me 10, 15 minutes, you know, and I'm asking questions like how much green time do you have um, at work, after work? What time do you sleep? Do you find it hard to fall asleep when you are asleep? Do you find it hard to stay asleep? All of these types of things, just so I can get a bit of a picture about what their sleep is like. And um, so usually that'll take about 20, 25 minutes to take a thorough history and then I'll um I'll move them uh, into um we have a we have a, a flat table, um, kind of like an osteopathic or phys- you know, physical therapist type table in the room as opposed to a dental chair. And I'll have them lay there and I'll have a look inside their mouth just for a couple of minutes, um, take a few points and those, and then I'll bring them back um across the table from me and we'll have another conversation. And that's when I'll kind of give them the download about what it is that I actually do. Um and so it's like I I say that um I'm explaining to them the importance of circadian rhythms as being the bedrock of all um, of all chronic diseases that we have in modern society these days. Um, at least at the biophysical level, circadian rhythm is um, is the big issue at a metaphysical level, something we might touch on later. Um, I feel there are other causes behind some of the chronic diseases that we have. Um, and so once I start to lay that foundation about light, about blue light, about safe and responsible exposure to sun, then I start to loop in. Okay, well, how does this, how does this um, relate to the mouth and the teeth? Well, we're we're receiving all of this information that's that's coming in through the eyes on the skin, and that's got to pass through the fascia in order for different systems to talk to each other. And fascia fascia is a physical tissue at the end of the day. And when there are knots and twists and bends in the fascia, and there's trigger points, and there's like a locking up of the hip or the back or the shoulder, well, that impacts the information transduction through the through the fascia and what a lot of um so then i explain how a lot of pain that is throughout the body can be resolved through work inside the mouth and um using the mouth as like a postural correction tool as well as a tool that helps to stabilize postural corrections um and uh so then they're like what you got rocks in your head like that can't possibly be true so that's when I kind of do a little bit of kinesiology. I do a little bit of muscle testing, postural control testing, like pushing on arms to see how different structures are in terms of strength and stability. And then I do those same tests, like with different positions of the tongue, with different positions of the jaw, just to demonstrate how I can make somebody mm-hmm. stronger instantly just by changing their jaw position or changing their tongue position, et cetera. Um, or, you know, placing something underneath their big toe because I look at the feet as well. Um, I'm one of those weird dentists that looks at feet too. Um, and so, <laughs> and so what, within five minutes of just, you know, the muscle testing, et cetera, uh, I'm able to show the patient that yes, there are some things going on in your body. Yes, I can help you. Um, this is how I help you. And then it, we just take it from there. Wow. So this is where a quantum approach really blows my mind because, you can say sort of that making small changes to the posture of your mouth is going to affect the posture of your body. And from a traditional perspective, yeah, that sounds crazy. But when we understand that everything is sort of signaling everything else all the time, that kind of makes sense. So walk us through how how that's possible. Sure. So 
like you said, a small change can have a, a, a bigger and amplified impact. And much like when one photon comes in through our eye, it can be amplified a million fold. So it's kind of like a butterfly effect. That same thing is is happening with the teeth. So the way that the teeth come together can impact the way that the cranial bones are arranged, which then can impact how the head sits on the spine, which then impacts, you know, the whether someone has a scoliosis or or a straightening of the of the spine um, in an undesirable way, etc. So uh, basically, qu quantum dentistry, in a nutshell, is that changes in the mouth can have nonlinear effects throughout the body. And so then we have to think about okay, well, what are the what are the functions of the mouth? So one function of the mouth, of course, is like phonation, like just speaking, being able to articulate yourself, control your breathing, use your tongue and your lips appropriately. Another one is mastication or chewing, um, and being able to chew your foods with comfort. Um, but a lot of people don't know that the teeth individually actually sit on acupuncture meridians or traditional Chinese meridians, and so when the teeth come together, it's actually kind of creating a piezoelectric charge to recharge that meridian. Um, we don't spend a lot of time throughout the day. With wow. Our... I've never heard that. That's so cool. Yeah. So I mean, we don't so would that life... mean that it's important to eat different textures of food? Like sometimes to eat like, like a carrot yeah. versus just eating like mashed potatoes or hummus? Well, or something? I, I think, I think we have a lot of people that are not actually just chewing their food. Like who sits there and right. chews? 20 times before they swallow, you know, we're all in a rush and we're all like, rah, 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 rah. and then, you know, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll swallow the food quickly without chewing it, chewing through it properly. Um, so I think there's an element of that. I, I think definitely having harder foods or tougher foods is, is better from a craniofacial development perspective because we want to, that old adage, use it or lose it. Right. So we mm -hmm. want to be using the, the muscles that are, that are um and uh, using them for what they're designed for which is which is chewing but um but we don't spend a lot of time with our teeth together actually um mm -hmm. you, we're rarely kind of walking around or listening to someone speak with our teeth actually touching so really our teeth only touch when we are chewing um and it's important because it helps to recharge those the the electrical flow through the meridians but i mean one of the other I guess the third big aspect of the mouth in terms of like the nonlinear effects throughout the body is its impact on breathing because the the jaws sit right in front of the the airway or the windpipe. And so when we have um when we have small jaws, it means that the jaws are not just smaller in dimension, but they're also further back inside the head. So they haven't grown down and forwards out of the head like they're supposed to. And that means that it pushes the tongue further back against the airway, which means that the airway, instead of being this big, is now this big. And so it's mm -hmm. literally harder to breathe. And so when someone lays on their back while they're sleeping, the tongue, like all muscles, gets a little bit lazy and a little bit sloppy. And so it flops back onto the airway to make it even harder to breathe. And so then we start to have snoring or we start to have sleep apnea. And um, that means a disruption to sleep quality, which, you know, destroys circadian rhythms because of sleep fragmentation. It destroys the hormone cycle. So um, a lot of the time, I mean, I have a lot of people, new patients come to me saying I'm sleeping poorly. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's actually just a completely circadian dysfunction issue. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's an airway issue. Sometimes it's both. Um, right. And so we have, 
this whole industry of functional dentists who are well-intentioned, well-meaning, um, who are focusing on airways and thinking that everyone that sleeps poorly um, is sleeping poorly because they're not breathing right because their jaws are too small. Um, and then we have on the other on the flip side a lot of circadian-minded clinicians who are thinking that everybody that's sleeping poorly it's purely a light issue when it could very well be a breathing issue. And so we don't have enough clinicians that are thinking about both sides. Um, and so I think it's really important to to highlight that point that there's always um we will as as practitioners we've got to do our best to just know a little bit about um different disciplines um which is why like a, a podcast like this and you sharing your platform is amazing because it really helps people just get the tidbits that they need to know in order to help um help their child out or, or help their mother or father out um in some of the health issues that they're having but the yeah, the, the big thing that's Un that I've uncovered um it's not something which I've kind of invented so to speak or like coined myself but I've come to I've happened to come across it is the is the role that the mouth has in the way that the cranial bones move and that for me has been like the superpower of the mouth um, because we have 22 bones in our head and those 22 bones are um, they're moving ever so slightly ever so gently against each other and that movement of the cranial bones actually helps to um, pump cerebrospinal fluid up and down the central nervous system particularly in the nighttime because that's when the brain gets cleaned that's when the lymphatic system which is the lymphatic system of the brain gets cleaned and so we need to have optimal movement of the cranial bones so like the temple the temple bones they kind of they externally rotate they come back in and then the back of the head kind of flexes out, flexes back in. So all these things are happening um, in you and I right now. We can't feel it. We can barely see it. But cranial osteopaths or osteopaths who are trained in the cranial paradigm, they're really good at sensing the movement of the cranial bones. Huh. So we have a lot of people who are growing up with that movement of the cranial bones actually locked up. And the reason it's locked up is that's kind of where the detective work comes in. That's why I could talk to a patient for an hour without looking inside of their mouth because I'm like, okay, how were you born? Was it was it an emergency C-section? How long was the labor? Was the cord wrapped around your neck? Um, and so asking all these little questions, um, did you pass through the birth canal? Well, was it a C-section? Because the birth canal, aside from microbiome, also helps to shape the head. Mm -hmm. So all these little things, are, as you were growing up, did you have a sports injury? Were you part of a motor vehicle accident? Um, did you climb a fence and, you know, fall off and land on your head when you were, you know, seven or something? You know, all these little things. Um, were you riding horses and you fell off and landed on your tailbone? And so all these little things that have a big impact on the way that the cranial bones move because tailbone injuries as well are quite crucial because the cranium and the tailbone are literally connected with a virus sheath, which is called the... Dura mater, it's like this membrane that wraps around the spinal cord or and anchors into the tailbone, yeah. but then kind of clicks into the the cranium from the inside. And so, if we get a twist in the tailbone because we fell on our tailbone, that can actually create a equal and opposite twist in the cranium the other way. Mm. Which um, and so once we get this lockup of the cranial bone movement, we don't have ample pumping of this cerebrospinal fluid up and down the central nervous system. And this restricts the growth of the face forwards in children. 
because there is this paradigm of thinking in functional dentistry. And I'm much like there are some holes in functional medicine, I would say there are definitely some holes in functional dentistry because the functional dentists are just talking about airways and how it's all about the jaws and how the three ways to make sure that the the three reasons that jaws are small, which means crowded teeth, is we're not eating foods that are hard enough. We're not breastfeeding our children or not breastfeeding them for long enough. Very easy for me to say as a, as a male, so I'm conscious of that. Um, but also uh, we we are... Um, we have children that are growing up with nasal obstruction. They've got a blocked nose. And when you have a blocked nose, your mouth has to open in order to breathe. Otherwise, it's game over. But that means your tongue is down and the tongue needs to be up against the roof of your mouth because the tongue is the best orthodontist. That is the best orthodontist yeah. to develop the dental arches. But what the functional dentists haven't realized yet um, and I do say that they're well-intentioned, they've just yet to come across it, is the fact that it's actually the head, it's actually the cranium and those bone movements that drives the growth of the face and the jaws forward. So when that's locked up for reasons which I've just spoken about, mm -hmm. um, it restricts the growth of the jaws, which means the jaws are small, which means the teeth are crowded. And mm -hmm. so then we have this like quandary, what do we do as a profession to straighten the teeth? Yeah. Um, and so it really comes back to respecting the the body's intelligence. So the body's put those teeth in a crowded position for a reason. It doesn't look very nice, but it's functional. That like the body's done that on purpose. So it works. So I call I like to think of it as a functional misalignment. Right. Okay. And then we as a profession take that misalignment and we straighten the teeth. Mm-hmm. And the cranium's like, what are you doing? Don't move the teeth there. I needed them there. Oh. And so now what we have is we have straight teeth, but we have a crooked cranium. And so we've still got this misaligned body, but now we've got the straight teeth. So there's a mismatch. So it's now it's an alignment, but it's a dysfunctional alignment. Dysfunction. Okay. So that would be if you just went and got braces, like those, the traditional braces, the railroad tracks that you know, we have, we all had when we were children. Yeah. I and mean, you come I out have... and your teeth are super straight for like five years. <laughs> and, then... And, then, and then they relapse, don't they? Yes. And so by relapse, what I mean by that is the teeth actually start to drift back to the way that they were. They may not drift back entirely, but they might drift mm -hmm. back a little bit. So my explanation for that is that is the cranium winning. That is the cranium saying, no, you put them there. I needed them there. So I'm going to move them back. Right. And so then what we as a as a profession have done is we're like, okay, because, you know, we're, we're super smart. Mankind is super smart. We re don't respect the laws of nature. So we're like, okay, let's put a wire behind those teeth to lock <laughs> them in. Yeah. And so the cranium's like, well, that's not fair. Now I can't move the teeth back. And so now that's become rigid. So hmm. I, I, I'm sorry, but I have to attack a different part of your structural system so it might be the left jaw joint or it might be the the mm. first cervical vertebra or it might be a shoulder and so now we start to see I that see. these small changes in the mouth they're actually having wholesale effects in the postural system because the way that the body works is this you know unified one kinematic chain is not being respected it's not being understood and so right. that's how we really start to hurt people. Like the number of children that I see who have had braces 
who have had expanders, which are appliances to make the upper jaw bigger. Yeah. And they they come to me and the parents have spent five, six, seven thousand dollars and the the children have headaches or they've got jaw clicks or they're still not breathing properly, et cetera, and the parents are distraught. Um, it breaks my heart. Um yeah. so uh the the children are tired of treatment. They don't want appliances in their mouth anymore because they've already done three years, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm really passionate about raising awareness about the fact that this has to be done properly. And yes. so and so the way that I do it properly is I work alongside a manual therapist that knows how to align the rest of the body. Wow. And then, so you have and, like an osteopath or someone in the yeah. office who works to align the head bones so that they no longer require the misalignment in the mouth. Everything Correct. can be aligned. Okay. Correct. So And so he'll work on the cranial bones, he'll work on the neck, he'll work on the ribs and the breathing pattern, breathing mm -hmm. mechanics. Sometimes we have um, adults and children who have like overinflated lungs, which is the reason they find it hard to breathe, or underinflated lungs, and that he can do releases on the ribs to help help with that. He'll look at the feet, he'll look at the tailbone. So he'll look at the rest of the body, and then I'll use appliances that mimic the body's natural forces to drive growth, mimicking the tongue, mm. as opposed to using something mechanical that has a screw inside of it, and it's like mm. a very arbitrary force that I'm delivering um, into the patient's cranium. And so whenever I place those appliances into the patient's mouth, then the osteopath is there feeling the head and feeling mm -hmm. the response of the cranial bone. So it's kind of like a live biofeedback. This is amazing. Thank you. This is really amazing what you're doing. Thank you. It it it's um I still get tingles every time I talk about it. I yes, no, I have full body chills because the truth of it is so clear when you the way you explain it. And you explain it so beautifully. And it's like, oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course that's how it works. And of course you would, if you're gonna go and like mess around with someone's teeth, you would want to look at where the teeth are they're in the jaw and where's the jaw it's in the head and how is what's the head it's connected to the spine like of course yep yep like i see wow. myself i you see really myself messed as, this up <laughs> we have we have you know i mean i see myself as an osteopath i'm just working on cranial bones that are at the front of the face right like i'm less of a dentist and more of an osteopath and like dentistry i'll go as far as to say is in the dark ages like we're still yeah. practicing, you know, um, some really archaic type of work. And even the well-intentioned functional dentists, I've seen some of their work because the patients come come in to see me afterwards. And it's it's like, it's horrendous, you know. It's like the children's heads are like, like it's almost like they're a balloon that's just ready to pop because they've oh. just been over-expanded and the cranial work hasn't been done. And like right. the children are just distraught. You can just tell that like they're just on, or they're on edge, they're on, they're on tilt. It, it, it breaks mm -hmm. my heart. And it's why I'm so, I'm so um, vocal about this because I know the dentists aren't going to listen to me, but I know the mothers and the fathers are going to listen to me. Yeah. And I know the manual therapists are going to listen to me because the osteos and the chiros are looking for dentists that get it. Because there are yeah. a lot of osteos and chiros that know that there's something to do with the mouth. They don't yeah. know what it is. They just know that there's something in the mouth that could be upsetting the rest of the body, and they don't. 
and they they just don't know who to send their patients to um, because there's not many dentists that take an interest in this. Um, so, I mean, I think of it as quantum dentistry be just because of like this is this whole nonlinear effect of changes in the mouth. But the, um, the crazy part, which um, I don't know if you've heard it, any of my other talks um, or podcasts, but is when I start to loop in the syntonics aspect of it all, which is like color in through the eyes. Um, mm. So I don't know if you're ready. Let's to go. It. That Let's one. go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so basically like we have, if we talk about our visual photoreceptors um, inside of our eye, we've got, we've got rods and cones, but the cones, there's actually three types. So there's red cones, there's green cones, and there's blue cones. And these are literally red light receptors, blue light receptors, and green light receptors that our body uses to, um, to and a, a combination of those allows us to see 5 million different colors in nature. But the cool thing is, is that there's actual actually individual variations. Some people have a higher density of blue cones. Some people have a higher density of red cones. And some people have a higher density of green cones. And this actually impacts the way that that person functions. So when someone is a what we would call a primary red, which means that most of the cones in their eyes are red cones, what I want to then understand is what is their secondary color? Are they a secondary blue or are they a secondary green? Mm -hmm. And then once we work out the second, then we can we know what the third is just by the process of elimination. So how do we do that? I use kinesiology. So I'll do muscle testing on the arm and I'll kind of work out. I literally ask the ask the the fascia. Ask the fascia the question, the subconscious the question. And um and uh we um you know, so we'll work out is this person a primary red or primary blue, primary green, then we'll work out secondary, and then oh. then so now we know what someone's body type is. Are they a red, green, blue? Or are they a green, blue, red? Or so there's six different body types: two for the greens, green, blue, and green, red; two for the blues, and two for the reds. So now every person on the planet falls into one of those six body types, and the, you start when you work with the patients over time. You start to learn the different, um, the different, I guess, personality archetypes for each. So like when I know when when I discover that someone's a red green through my testing. I can just start to tell them that they're very you're a very mission-based person. You know, if you get a small little niggle in your structural system, it really upsets you. And they're like, How did you know that? And I'm like, in my head, it's like, because all red greens are like that. So I know what all the green blues are like, I know what all the blue reds are like, etc. So you start to build this system in your head where um you're able to kind of understand a lot more about a person. And as I, I love it when the um when the partner is in the room, whether it's the husband or the wife, mm -hmm. because then I can say to the the husband, your wife's actually like this. She's not trying to annoy you. She's just naturally like this yes. and, and or, or vice versa. So in some ways it can save marriages, but, um, mm -hmm. but uh, so we have this, this color system. And then what, what I do is I actually put a, a blue, it's like a blue kind of um, what's the word? It's, it's just like a, a, a clear piece of plastic that's either blue, red, or green. And I'll hold it in front of their eyes and I'll muscle test them again. So like if someone's a red, green, blue, okay, red is their primary cone density. 
green is their secondary cone density and blue is their third. I want to know what level they're operating at. Because if we think of a car as having five gears, red is fifth gear for that person, green is fourth okay. gear, and blue is third gear. Okay? Okay. And so we want people to be operating in fifth gear. And and what what I haven't mentioned, which I'll mention now, is that each of the colors actually have specific traits that they relate to. So red relates to structure, literally physical structure. Green relates to cellular metabolism, gut function. And blue relates to emotion, intuition, all that type of stuff, EQ. So like that's why when we have the like when we have the blues, it's because it's associated with the color blue. And so when you got a red, green, blue, when I put blue in front of their eyes, I want them to go weak because right. ideally I don't want them operating in third gear. When I put green in front of their eyes and I muscle test them, I want them to go weak as well. But when I put red in front of their eyes, I want them to go strong. I want them to be able to hold on the testing. So that tells me that they're in fifth gear, which means you're healthy. Now that you're healthy, okay. we can look at growing your face properly. We can okay. look at developing your they're, face. Because they're responding in strength to the, the color that is most associated with their dominant cone. Exactly, exactly. And so when they are responding in strength to that dominant color, they are in a position to heal. Right. We can't. So they're ready, they're they're ready to move forward. If I want to if if they're like a 25-year-old and I want to grow their face properly, Mm -hmm. I can because they have the vitality, they have the energy, they have the central nervous system working well. They're not overrun with stress etc cetera, etc cetera. but like every second patient meredith comes in and they're denatured to their secondary or tertiary level or cone density so a red green is seeing green in the eyes or a red green blue is seeing blue in the eyes and that's when it's a quandary because it's like they want to kind of help with their airways and their breathing yeah. Or they've got, and I mean, every second person that I see as well has got, you know, gut dysfunction and all this type yeah. of stuff. And so I'm like, well, you're a red, green, blue. Mm-hmm. Blue is your tertiary cone density, and you're spending 12 hours on the screen with blue light. What do you think that is doing to your red, green, blue status? It's denaturing you down to blue. You need right. to get more red light. You need to go and get more sun. You need to do red light therapy. So that's where the light aspect comes in. But the cool thing is, is that I can use the mouth to biohack the entire system because I can get a patient to bite on specific teeth for each color. Mm -hmm. And when they're biting on those teeth, they instantly go back to their primary strength. Wow. So it's, it's that meridian is resetting them back to where they're supposed to be. No, it's, um, it's a good thought, but what it does is it resets the movement of the cranial bones to be optimal for a red person. So then we get the optimal flow of the cerebrospinal fluid. And this is where I get all metaphysical and woo-woo. I believe the the cerebrospinal fluid is the um, seat of the soul. I believe that's where the soul resides. I believe that's where the body's natural intelligence resides the body's ability to heal resides inside of the cerebrospinal fluid it's an ultra filtrate of blood it's like primarily water 
We know water has memory. And I believe mm -hmm. that when you get the cerebrospinal fluid pumping optimally mm -hmm. throughout the, the central nervous system, this craniosacral flow down up from the cranium down to the sacrum and back up, you unleash the body's healing potential. You unleash the body's ability to, to heal itself. And we've had like ridiculous results. Like we had a we had a patient come in who has been on an infertility journey for a while. Um, mm -hmm. She's this is when I say we, I mean myself and my cranial osteopath because mm -hmm. we pretty much work together as much as we can. Um, and uh, you know, she came in. She she was struggling. She had a lot of pain throughout her body, like physical pain. Mm -hmm. Also struggling with um falling pregnant and um. She's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have IVF soon, and you know this and that, and um, we just said to her, we was like, can you just hold on, hold off on the IVF just for a sec, just like, just let us make this for you, and so credit to her, she took a leap of faith, she trusted us. I made a dental appliance for her to get her to bite on the right teeth okay. that she needs to. Cole did the cranial work, and we saw her a month later. She's pregnant. <laughs> Like, wow, I'm not to say that like, this is the solution for all, for all people that yeah, are dealing with course. infertility, but what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to paint is a picture that it unleashes the body's ability to heal. Mm -hmm. And that is specific to each person's like situation and environment right now. You know, yes. like I've, I've, I've had, yes. I've had a young girl come in who's like literally got the blue. She's miserable. Like, you know, she's got a lot of emotional turmoil inside of her. We give her the appliance you only wear the appliance while you're sleeping and she comes mm -hmm. back a month later and literally like you could feel the light coming off her, like like the non-visual light spectrum was mm -hmm. just pumping off her. Like it was it was incredible, like so much vitality. And, you know, for for, uh, for a lot of people, it, it does take two or three months for, for us to get that result. But mm -hmm. for some people, it's like a, literally it's a one-month turnaround. And it just um, – and these are people that are not observing – the traditional things that you and I would recommend, which is morning sun, which is blocking blue light, which yeah. is grounding, which is quantum nutrition, you know, seasonal local eating, all those types of things. They're wearing their AirPods on their head and, mm -hmm. you know, they're sleeping in Wi-Fi, but still the body has this like immense power within yes. it because, I mean, how much light do we bury inside of us at like the, the molecular level, at the intermolecular level between molecules within the molecule from one atom to another, like all of these bonds have so much light buried inside of them, particularly the cerebrospinal fluid. So that when you unleash that, it's like all of any sun that that person has got over the, over the last, you know, two years or so is stored there ready to be unleashed. Right. So th that's, that's what I feel. I mean, is there any science to back it up? Uh, like probably not, you know, <laughs> but for me, it's like, yeah. it's, I, I see it on a day-to-day -day basis. It's mm -hmm. like uh, I regard data as like a, just a collection of anecdotes um, and, you know, people trust me, we get the result, and then they would want to go and tell everybody. Um, so, yeah, it's incredible. Yes. Yeah, and that, you know, it really does make sense and it 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 resonates the way that truth does, uh, whether or not there's a – a paper on PubMed <laughs> on that specific topic, who cares? So, because I, I completely agree, right? It's like the body does have this deep innate intelligence and, and it can be the smallest thing that we give it that it's lacking 
or that it needed. And the result can be incredible. So what you're saying, and I, cause I, I just want to make sure I'm understanding. So each, um, each of us has a, a dominant cone oh. color structure and coordinated with that is uh, the bones in our head are coordinated yeah. along those lines. And so if those things are misaligned, we're going to have um, symptoms of some kind. If those things are misaligned, plus, you know, maybe you have a struggling marriage or your boss is a nuisance or your child right. leaving school or something. So it's like we've got this whole this whole package here where it's not just structural. We also look at the emotional side of things. Mm -hmm. We also look at the biochemistry side of things. We also look at the vibrational side of things, you know, like sometimes I'll refer patients to a shaman, you know, or mm -hmm. um. so like I kind of, yeah, it's not, it, it's not just like, okay, I'm the only person that can heal you. Like, you know, all the treatment that you get is going to come from me. Like I've got to know when, when I need yes. to refer out to a psychotherapist or an acupuncturist or, you know, another osteopath or, or a physical therapist or a shaman, or, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really refer often to, you know, gut doctors, et cetera, just cause, um, <laughs> Um, you know, they're not really thinking from the quantum mindset, but I'll educate mm -hmm. the patient about deuterium and about, you know, seasonal and local and all those types of things, you know. Um, and sometimes we can even like, we can use the kinesiology, the muscle testing to determine like, hey, is this person, you know, um, intolerant to, to dairy or lactose or eggs or something like that, you know. And so we can kind of create a, a personalized nutrition plan just through muscle testing them. Even yeah. if it is, if, and, and here's the other thing as well, which is like, we know that light in the eye controls metabolism. Mm -hmm. okay? Um, okay. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've covered that in previous um, podcasts, but now I'm saying that there's six different eyes. And so right. like the blue reds and the blue greens and the green blues and the green reds and the red blues and the red greens, they're all got different metabolism. There are some people that thrive on a carnivore diet and they're okay. That's your Sean Baker because he's a red green. But just because he thrives on the carnivore diet does not mean that someone that's a blue green can thrive on it. And this is my issue with a lot of the nutritional recommendations that are being given out there that it's not body type specific. It's kind of yeah. like it's just a one rule and that's it. I've seen yeah. people that are thriving on a vegan diet. <laughs> And it, it blows my mind because I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're thriving. Like, yeah, well, I know. Well, I have someone in my family who's been vegan for like 10 years and she's like doing fine. <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> like oh, okay. what, what, what can you, what can you say to that? You know, yeah. like they're, they're doing fine. Great. Good on them. You know? Um, so uh, I guess, I mean, what I'm starting to build is a better understanding about like the nutritional recommendations for each specific body type. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. um, and then understanding, uh, okay, well maybe doing a little bit of just, you know, testing inside of my clinic just to recommend a diet to someone, see how they go when they come back to me, what is the response like? And then just knowing whether or not that's right or not. Like I'm kind of, I'm better understanding that there are like some remedies or homeopathic remedies or supplements, which are better for some people than others, you know? Right. So it really is a um it really is a this whole nutritional thing it it at the end of the day we overcomplicate it it still boils down to seasonal and local 
Um, mm-hmm. But then just a few tweaks according to body type is is like an extra ideal situation to have. So it's like another layer, it's like another lens, which isn't meant to complicate things. It's just meant to have that awareness that there is another right. layer to it, you know, because at the end of the day, yeah. we, all very, we all have similar retinas, you know, with all of the melanin and the and the POMC through the central retinal pathway. So all of that, that whole leptin melanocortin pathway that Dr. Cruz has kind of unraveled um, over the years, that is still present in all of us, but those 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 cone densities do vary and i feel that 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 does have an impact on metabolism okay this is really interesting and i love this because i think what is so important and you you talked about it just now in terms of nutrition but i think we could talk about it in terms of really anything um the education system or uh therapy or anything is like we tend to want to find a way that's going to work on everyone and have some loose kind of structure and be like, this is the way you do it. This is the way you fix your teeth and this is the way you eat. And this is the way you recover from trauma. And this is the way you do this. And the more people I speak to, whether I'm talking to someone about like quantum human design or talking to you about these, the icons is that it's really up to us to get to know ourselves and to learn what's going to work best for us and what we need in this moment. And I think light is such a big deal right now because unless you you have an outdoor lifestyle, which so few people do, you are probably deficient in healthy light and overexposed to toxic light. But that doesn't mean light's the answer to everything. It means like that's what mo- a lot of people need right now. So it's super helpful and a foundational piece. But to move forward, whether we want to fix our teeth or fix our mood or whatever is going on. It's like that self-understanding and working with practitioners like you who facilitate that inner exploration and facilitate that self-understanding to say like, what is best? What do I need? Or what is best for this particular child? Not every child in the world. And I think this is such a gift that you're giving us. Uh, especially in dentistry, which is probably one of the biggest one-size-fits-all industries (laughs) that there is. And here you are bringing it down to such a nuanced, individualized, coherent quantum approach. It's really amazing. Thank you. Uh, I think what you you said is is beautiful as well. We We are our own healers. We have to be. We can't outsource that to anybody. We can't, like someone can't outsource that to me. As you said, my job is to facilitate. My job is to just create a space for that person to find their way of healing. You know, I mean, how many times have we gone to see some sort of health practitioner and we didn't get a good vibe? And so we were like, you know what, I'm going to go and get a second opinion or I'm going to seek care from someone else. Like that is that is your your soul saying that's not the right person and it is the inner healer inside of you pivoting so that you can find the right person to hold space for you um so i think that yeah that's beautifully said merida yeah no i think i this work is just so amazing and so um back to the cones uh so because we are the cones, the light goes through the cones and the and the light controls metabolism. So the cones have an effect on our metabolism. Could you just give a general idea of sort of 
what your nutritional um, recommendations would be for, for the types. So you're saying certain people would do better, probably do better with lots of, lots of animal protein, whereas certain other people might, might not. Yeah. Could yeah, you sure. just explore that a little bit? Um, it's, it's, uh, I'll, I'll try. It's, it's nuanced though, because when someone is denatured, from their primary, like they mm -hmm. need a different diet to help renature them. Yes. Um, but that's where the math comes in handy because the math bypasses everything and renatures the person regardless of light, regardless of nutrition, regardless of anything, because they wear that that they okay. wear that splint while they're sleeping. And this is with the device in the that, mouth while they're sleeping. that you use that activates the specific teeth. Yeah. So when that you activates the bones in the head. That exactly. releases the cerebral spinal fluid that Correct. can enable the healing. Correct. Because if anyone's ever seen a picture of a whole tooth, yeah, you'll you'll notice it's quite long. And mm -hmm. so you think, well, I didn't realize the tooth was that long. Um, and so that like the lowest third of the tooth is the part that kind of hangs out through the gum, but the rest of it is the root that's inside the bone. And yes, right. the root has has nerves and blood vessels inside of it. Um, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that the roots does is when you bite on the tooth, the root sends that force of the biting of the teeth through the different um, directions within the cranium based on what direction that root goes through. So like okay. there, are, so the, the, um, the, the front teeth have a single root, which kind of goes up through there. And then you've got like the back teeth that have got three roots. So like there's three different force vectors going throughout the cranium. And so when you have a red, a green, or a blue biting on the specific teeth that we need them to be biting on to send the force vectors through the cranial system, which then activates the cranial bone movement to be optimized for cerebrospinal fluid flow, that unlocks the healing potential. And that's how we're able to bypass everything and renature someone. But yeah, coming back to nutrition, like red greens, mm. and for instance, they, they, they thrive off a carnivore diet. Um, so so do red blues. Um, green blues are, are really are really good on a Mediterranean diet. I happen to be a green blue, and um, I love Mediterranean food. So like, mm. um, and that's something which I see in all the green blues that I meet. We just love Mediterranean food, and so we can have a few of the carb carbohydrates that are associated with the Mediterranean diet, and we thrive off it. You know, um, uh, you know, blue greens, um, they can have a lot of carbs. They're, they're the traditional people that have like a marathon build to them. And mm -hmm. so, you know, they, they'll never put on weight. It's just the way that their metabolism is. Um, and so they can have a lot of carbs. Um, so, you know, those are kind of like some of the the body right. types and the, and, and the nutrition that's associated with them. So like to have a blue green on a high, on a carnivore diet, it's not going to work. You know, right. that's probably, yeah. that's probably the, the, the smaller five foot five lady that's, you know, fairly thin that, you know, ends up with a thyroid issue because they've been on carnival for too long, you know? Right. Um, so they, they need to have carbohydrates, um, obviously seasonal and local carbohydrates, but they need to have carbohydrates. Sean Baker doesn't need carbohydrates because the way that he would perhaps metabolize his protein um, and also some of the protein into sugar is just optimal because he's a red green, um, which is why right. he thrives on it. So it's not to say that the carnival diet is wrong. I think it's great to rescue the situation for people because it's low in deuterium. But for a lot of people, it's not a long-term diet just based on their, yeah. on, on their body type. And the other thing as well, which with the whole body typing thing is that every body type 
benefits from a specific type of exercise, some benefit from aerobic exercise like rowing or cycling or, or, or running and others benefit from weightlifting. And, and even with the weightlifting, some benefit from really heavy weightlifting mm -hmm. with short reps. Others benefit from like lighter weights but more re more reps like you know 12 15 18 reps so um right. these are like some of the other recommendations that i give to people and then like they'll go and do it and they'll come back and they'll be like oh, i feel so much better having changed my exercise routine yeah. and i'm like yeah because that's what your body's made for you're doing what your body is made for and your body's thanking you for it so you know like blue blue reds they they shouldn't be doing heavy weights they should be you know doing a triathlons or training for triathlons and they'll be really happy yeah. It's so interesting. And it makes so much sense that I just feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves to find the optimal thing and do that, or I should be doing this, or I should be doing that. But I mean, it took me into my forties to find an exercise routine that works for me. Cause I was always trying to do things I hated because I thought I was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, it's really... what's your exercise routine that you thrive off? If you don't mind um, me asking walking and pilates okay nice. so uh and then before that i used to try doing i used to try running and i would always <laughs> be be miserable yeah um but i found this pilates class where it's like continuous almost continuous movement with with some resistance and like yeah. the time flies by yeah and that has never ever been my experience with exercise it was always <laughs> <laughs> willpower to the max <laughs> and so Love i didn't it. do it enough um is there is there a connection um with temperament or personality types that you notice with with 100%. the different colored cones 100 so like green blues like control that's me um not control in order to control people but we just like to you know sit back and like be in control of the situation um so like you know we'd be good ceos and stuff like that green reds are really good at planning so you know they're the ones that will make the entire travel plan for the family or you know they'll be right. the good business planner the red greens are very mission-based people you give them the mission and they'll just go and get it done um you know green reds are very very strong from a like health perspective they can they can abuse their bodies and and still push through so very very resilient people you mm. know they're commonly the people that will smoke for 50 years and not die of cancer it's because they're green reds um or they maybe smoked in the sun who knows um <laughs> but uh but, um, but yeah so there's uh there's um there's personality types there's archetypes there's nutritional archetypes there's exercise archetypes associated with all these body types um and uh it's it's really it's really um it's really exciting for me as a clinician because it's it just gives me so many answers for people that they um, have never heard of before, but they're like, Oh, it just makes so much sense. I used to, I used to do a lot of running when I was younger and I was like way, way happier and way healthier. And my weight was under much better control than what it is now when I've been trying to, you know, do pull-ups and, and bench press and, and squats, et cetera. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you're not designed for that. And then it's like, oh, thank you. I can get out of that right. now, you know? Um, so so yeah, it's it's um it's it's an it's it's a privilege honestly to to kind of have this knowledge. And I would I acknowledge Dr. Cruz before I would like to acknowledge um 
a dentist in Sydney that really put a lot of this together. He was a gentleman mm-hmm. by the name of Tony Ansel, um, who um, unfortunately passed away in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, he, to my knowledge, and a lot of his co- colleagues said, um, didn't necessarily look after himself, but really looked after his patients. Um, so yeah. um, I think we as health practitioners also need to be mindful of, of self-care for ourselves as well. Um, but Tony was an incredible man um, and an absolute shapeshifter within the space of dentistry and definitely didn't receive the um, didn't receive the attention that his work deserved. And so um, since his passing, to my knowledge, not many um, within Sydney are carrying on this work. Um, I, as you know, I, I definitely am and I'm amplifying it because I'm working alongside a cranial osteopath. Um, and um, I guess shifting my entire clinical practice to be just doing this for adults and children because there's people to be saved that haven't been served by traditional dentistry. And so it's almost like um, sometimes I dream of leaving the big city with you know all the EMFs, et cetera, but there's a part of me that feels a immense responsibility to stay yeah. here unless I train someone else to know what I know so that they can carry the torch forward because there's people that need help and I just feel compulsion to, to be here. Yes. And that's true. And especially with what you have to offer that is doable by somebody who lives in the city, they can, and, and it's something that will make sense in their paradigm. It's like, I'm going to a dentist, he's going to give me a device and that's going to help. So bless you for, for doing that. And so is that where your, um, your clinic is that's opening on Mondays? Yeah, uh, what a time to record this. So um, I have a new clinic that's opening on Monday in um, in Sydney, New South Wales, which is um, one of the states within Australia. And uh, it's um, it's a mix of general dentistry, but also all of this like dental osteopathic type work that I do. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll have optimal light environments. We've got some globes, which... Um, which are going to mimic the blue light of the sun throughout the day, um, which will be nice. And so if Wonderful. we are working late one night, they'll probably go red. Um, yeah. And um, and so like they're definitely lighting. I'm very sensitive to light now, given um, my um, observance of like, you know, blocking blue light and loss of sun. So when I have too, too much bright artificial light, it, it sets me off. So I've set up the, the clinic to be mindful of that. There's no Wi-Fi. Everything's networked. Um, so wow, good it, for you. So, yeah, it's very, very, very exciting. It's a fresh start and um, big things to come. That is so great. And you see everybody in person or do you do any virtual consults? Um, I I see everybody in person just because that's the yes, you way that I... You can't do virtual osteopathy, but... You can't. I mean, I could probably, <laughs> I could probably do like body typing virtually, et cetera. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if, if I was to start to offer that, I'd be busy doing telecoms, um, and not doing much work in person, I feel, and I feel really rewarding to just work in person. Um, Mm -hmm. so I am coming to the States in September and I'm, I'm hoping to, um, actually do a one day event where I'll be kind of showcasing all of this that I've spoken about today Wonderful. um, with some, um, it's open to anybody. Um, my, my hope is that maybe a few dentists might come, but also a few, um, uh, you know, manual therapists and anyone else that's interested mm-hmm. in the health space. Um, so I think it's, we're targeting the date of September the 29th in, um, in Florida. And um, the goal is to showcase this and maybe even do some live demonstrations 
in front of any willing participants. Nothing would hurt. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I look forward to helping you promote that and getting as many people there as possible. Thank you. Um, Appreciate that. And yeah, I hope you are able to teach this and spread the word as far and wide as possible. Um, so one, one quick question on the device that you use. Um, is that a device that you designed or is that Dr. Ansel or where did that, where did that it's come a, from? It's, it's a, one it, of those deeply genius, <laughs> genius. Things. Yeah. So doc, Dr. Ansel, um, he kind of worked out the optimal teeth that needed to be for each body type. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, um, kind of made the design a little bit more nuanced to improve the comfort of wearing it because the way that he was making it was it was very hard on the nervous system and so like the appliance is a lot softer so um, because it's a lot softer in the way that it fits against the teeth it doesn't upset the nervous system as much so my osteopath who used to work with Tony Ansel um, you know 10 plus years ago he he says that the response that we're, we're getting with these new designs is a, a lot better than the, than the old one just because of the changes in it. So a mixture of both of us, but most of the the genius does go to um does go to Tony um for for piecing a lot of it together. I would go as far as to say that like he's almost like a Jack Cruz type figure in mm-hmm. dentistry for for me because of his yeah. ability to um tie in the the syntonics and and the um and the dental side of things i've looped in the cranial side of things um now so like which is a nice little add-on but um yeah his work was was incredible and it's a it's an honor to carry it forward yeah well this is this is amazing work thank you for doing it and uh yeah yeah i think you're going to change change the industry i hope so for the sake of for the sake of everyone that needs this type of care i hope so yeah save us all from the railroad the railroad braces <laughs> almost like well, a torture device like if, if 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 i can see children between the ages of like four through to eight or nine we can save them for for more of that trauma you know and it saves yeah. the parents a lot of money and we do it right because you yeah. end up with a straight face a straight head beautiful breathing pattern they're sleeping well and it's like you just given that child like the best um best step forward for them to just succeed at life. I mean, we set up an entire business which we called the Quantum Kid, because we want to raise a generation of quantum kids who are optimally developed from a facial perspective, from a mm-hmm. breathing perspective, but also we want them to understand blue light. We want them to understand, you know, seasonal local nutrition. We have these conversations with the kids when they're in the clinic. Wonderful. And is that is that like a a program or can people access that? So it's it's like a it's a program of care. Like we see the the children um, in person, and we're delivering appliances. Mm-hmm. Cole's working on the head um, at the same time, and um, and I mean we do have a few online um, online courses which um, are available worldwide for like you know like facial exercises to optimize the the function of the lips and the tongue and um and and a breathing course as well is if um if parents um um in the states are, are interested in that because those are like foundational yeah um to to all of um all of the all of the um the craniofacial work that we do um so if you can't necessarily access the the work in person with us you can at least have those kind of foundational things down pat amazing 
Well, thank you so much for uh, for being here. I know it's a busy time with your clinic opening so soon. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to post this this week so that Amazing. it's up and launching and announcing the launch of uh, probably the most innovative and truly holistic approach to the dental and overall wellness that that we have available. So thank Amazing. you. That's an honor. Thank you so much, Meredith. This has been the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast. To find a practitioner who practices from this point of view, visit our directory at quantumbiologycollective.org. If you are a practitioner, definitely take a look at the Applied Quantum Biology Certification, a six-week study of the science of the new human health paradigm and its practical application with your patients and clients. We also love to feature graduates of the program on this very podcast. Until next time, the QVC.